You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 16 of Take a Bow Podcast. I'm Eli. And I'm Sid. And today we have, if you haven't noticed, the incredible Lexi Underwood joins the podcast today. And to be honest, we didn't even talk about like her whole resume. Oh, like, she. I mean, she's done so much. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't even touch on like the stuff she did with Nickelodeon and Disney and all of that. She actually had a new thing for Amazon Prime with Will versus the Four versus the future yeah but the stuff that we did talk about was just amazing and i really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode yeah if you aren't aware she currently stars as pearl warren in little fires everywhere she plays carrie washington's daughter and she is just absolutely phenomenal and she was in lion king on not only the tour but on broadway which is super cool and she talked about that journey and and just her story yeah it was really fascinating because not like so she talked about the difference between broadway and touring and it was an interesting perspective because oftentimes when people talk about that they're talking about different shows so obviously it's going to be completely different experiences but with this she had a, a fortunate enough experience to where she was on tour and then they were like hey can you come to broadway and so that was just a cool thing that, that she could relate the two and really kind of have similar paths, but also very different. Yeah. So that was cool. And she, what she said, like, I don't know if some of you guys may follow her or not, or if you know of her, she's quite a bit of an activist. So what she said along the lines uh, there were just incredibly inspiring for me yeah she has this series called we the voices of gen z where she she has a bunch of people she basically the the point of this is to basically amplify the voices of a bunch of different people who you know their perspectives need to be heard and what she's i mean she's already made such a huge like impact and she was telling us about stories of people who contacted her because of this series that she did and she's only 17 years old and she's already just like turned. she just turned 17 yeah. like literally just like last week yeah turned 17 years old and she's already just is so inspiring what she does she's she's accomplished so much already and we're so excited to see where her future leads her yeah and we're excited for you guys to hear this one because i, I mean what we're saying is just it sounds cool, but it's just the the first layer of it. We didn't. This isn't even yeah. an in depth look at it, and we really go into depth with in it with her. I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. So, without further ado, Lexi Underwood, curtain up.
So today we have yet another incredible guest, Lexi Underwood, who has quite literally accomplished all aspects of the performing arts world, from Broadway to Netflix to Hulu to Disney to Nickelodeon, like everywhere, working with some of the biggest names in the business, and we can't wait to cover it all. So Lexi Underwood, welcome to the Take About podcast. Thank you. I'm hey, excited welcome. to be here. Hi, I have to say, you. a little bit over a month ago, I saw Little Fires Everywhere, and I was mm-hmm. absolutely blown away by your performance. And I immediately became a fan, and Eli and I were talking, and and he just so happened to mention that he knew you, and I was like, what? Please try uh-huh. and get her on the podcast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so we're so thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. How do you yeah. how do you and Eli know each other? We did like an off Broadway one night type of thing. It was Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Was it with Broadway Cares? I think. Yeah, it was for the Actors Fund. Yeah, yeah, it was with through the Actors Fund, and uh, it was a group of us. It was like Caleb McLaughlin and Una Lawrence. There was just so many incredible Zach um, Unger, I believe. Yeah, yeah, just so many incredible people were part of the show and Eli and I, we uh, formed a friendship while uh, doing the show. And so here we are. And here we are. That's amazing. Well, okay. First of all, as Sydney mentioned, you're in Little Fires Everywhere, which is like, I I mean, that's all I hear now, you know, like like, just driving through New York, you see all the posters and like everyone's talking about the new thing on Hulu, you know? Mm -hmm. So first of all, that's so exciting. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. But like, you're a pro, so like this is this is incredible. But what was the audition process like for Little Fires Everywhere, and how excited were you to kind of do something to this like caliber? Because like you've done a lot of big stuff, but yeah. you've like done like Disney and Nickelodeon, which has been for like not just kids, but like this was very uh, mature for you. So how how was that feeling? Yeah, so I actually found out found out about the project like a year prior to auditioning because it's uh, an adaptation of a bestseller a bestseller from 2017. And so one of my friends actually had read the book, and then the press release had come out that Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington were going to be doing a TV adaptation of it. And she was just like, "You would be perfect for Pearl." So like, write it down in your notes. Like, tell your agents when uh, the time comes when they start auditioning. Make sure that you go in. And so I was like. Oh, okay. Like, sure. Like, let me put it in my notes. I hadn't read the book, but I obviously knew who Reese and Carrie were. So I put it down in my notes and I told my agents just to like keep a lookout for the audition. Fast forward like a year later, the day before my audition, I actually lost a pilot and I was ready to pack up and go home. I like literally like started like getting my suitcase and like packing up, putting clothes in and I was just ready to quit. But I had the audition the next day. And so my mom, she was just like, go in, show them what you got. If it doesn't work out, we can totally go home. Um, And if it does, then awesome like just see what happens so I went in the whole audition process was a whirlwind I think it it all (laughs) took place in like the span of a week which is very rare for projects like Little Fires like a limited series with actors like Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington and so I went in on a Friday 
and I got pinned that night. And so obviously you guys probably know like pinned means that you're on hold and that they, you know, have a lot of interest in you. And then Monday I found out that they wanted me to do chemistry reads with Gavin Lewis, who plays Moody Richardson and um, Jay Pettyjohn, who plays Lexi Richardson. So I was expecting there to be like a bunch of different girls there for Pearl, but there wasn't. I was the only Pearl there and Megan Stott who plays Izzy Richardson, she also came and so it was just the four of us. And the moment that we met, like we all immediately clicked and we all did scenes together. We did mix and matches and two days later, I think I booked it. Like the next day I found out I would be testing and it was like, I didn't even have to go in to test. They were just showing my tape to Hulu and ABC and then the very next day I found out. So it all like, it all happened so incredibly fast. I didn't even get to meet Carrie or Reese during the audition process. But wow. to have booked like that, I, originally going in, I didn't think I would book it because of the caliber of the project. And then on top of that, kind of Eli, what you said, like, I've only really done Disney and Nickelodeon and like I've done things here and there, but it hasn't been like heavy type of acting like Little Fires. So I honestly just did not think that I would book it. And then as soon as I found out that I booked it, I was just like in shock and disbelief. But I'm just so grateful. I'm so so glad you auditioned because I couldn't imagine <laughs> anyone else in that role oh my gosh oh, thank you yeah that's awesome I love that story too yeah it's a huge testament as to like when one door closes like another one opens and not to give up when you're doing it immediately because the right project is going to come along at some point and every actor or not even just actor but like every artist has a different path and a different journey and not everybody is going to have the same journey as you so so it's just kind of like you got to stick it out for the long run and uh, see what happens. That is amazing yeah. advice. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Seriously, aren't chemistry like callbacks like so much fun? Oh my gosh, they're so much fun. Because I've actually only done like one or two, mm-hmm. but like I'm someone that just loves meeting new people. Mm-hmm. And then like the fact that you're just like, it A, gives you something to talk about. So it's not yeah. like awkward at all. Mm-hmm. And then wherever the conversation leads, it leads. But and then it also is just like allows you to like create and like do something that you love with like four strangers. And it's like, yeah. I, I think it's the coolest thing. And just to see it all like come together literally within like 10 minutes is pretty, yeah. pretty neat. No, absolutely. It's kind of like you're watching the cast forming right in front of your eyes. Even if you don't book it, it's like you're still in a way like competing potential cast members that are going to be a part of the project, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I've never, I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't think I've ever been to a, a chemistry callback. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, can you explain what it is? Like what the purpose of it is, what you do in a chemistry callback? Because yeah. even I don't really know. Yeah, so basically a chemistry callback is they don't necessarily like have a certain number, but it's basically when they'll bring you in and um, they'll have you almost like a mix and match. They'll have you read with a bunch of different people um, that they have for other roles in the project. So like for me, because Moody is a crucial part of Pearl's storyline, it was, you know, I had to read with Moody and also like Lexi Richardson is a crucial part of my storyline and also Trip Richardson is a um, crucial part of my storyline. So I had to read with all of them. But for me with the chemistry read, it was really interesting because Gavin and Jade were already hired. 
they were already booked, uh-huh. which I didn't necessarily know until I got to the audition. So it was really nerve wracking. Megan and I, we were the only two that weren't cast yet. And so basically the whole point of the chemistry read was just to see if like we were going to be able to flow, see if I did book it, like what our chemistry would be, would we be able to kind of bring that certain authenticity to scenes? And if we just kind of like clicked and connected as a cast. And so usually if you do that, sometimes they'll cast you all together and other times they won't. But it's just cool because like what Eli said, you get to meet new people along the way. And then also it's like you're watching a cast kind of form right in front of your eyes. And they did such an incredible job casting it because all of the kids were just, and you can tell, you can tell you just clicked so yeah i love your relationship with the guy who plays moody mm-hmm. i think it's awesome you guys are so good thank you thank yeah you. gavin is like he's like one of my best friends that's awesome you yeah. can tell really? it shows yeah yeah no i mean it was like that was all of our first times meeting each other and just like immediately we all clicked we all had so much in common even with like the recurrings on the show like Savante who plays Brian or Isabel who who plays April like just as soon as everybody came together we all immediately clicked because we all had so much in common and so I'm an only child but I feel like I just gained new siblings like oh that's awesome yeah we touched on it a little bit but you play Carrie Washington's daughter in this and you also have many scenes with Reese Witherspoon's character first and foremost what was it like working with those two icons and did you learn anything from them yeah it was a dream come true like growing up I think like a lot of people I you know watched a scandal religiously and you know Legally Blonde was also one of my favorite movies yeah Yeah, so I absolutely just adored and admired both of their work. And then Big Little Lies was like my favorite show for quite a while when it first came out. And so just honestly being able to not only just like work with them, but also to um, gain them as friends and mentors is something so special. I learned so much from them, but I think like the biggest lesson that I've learned from them is how to unapologetically take up space as an actress in this industry and also as a black actress, because a lot of times when you step on set, kids aren't necessarily given the space to be able to be incredibly vocal and to try different things. But with the two of them, they just gave us so much freedom and so much space to be able to play with our characters and play with different scenes. There were times where it was like, if a scene didn't necessarily feel authentic to us or if a line didn't feel authentic to us, then we could basically, you know, stand up and and say, hey, this doesn't feel authentic. Can we make any changes? Or we would actually be able to like walk to the writer's room and just have conversations with writers. Because the whole point was, if it doesn't feel authentic to us, it's not going to feel authentic to the audience. Sure. At the end of the day, like, you know, we're the ones that know our characters like the back of our hand. And so for me, like that was just such an incredibly cool experience. Um, actually, I'll never forget the for the finale when I first got the script for episode eight. Something that really stood out to me was the fact that you know at the end Pearl and Mia go to her grandmother's house or her grandparents' house. And so originally, like at the very beginning, I pitched the idea to Carrie that we actually go up to the house and like walk into the house because it was supposed to end with us just like driving up to the house and nobody getting out of the car and the poem just kind of like ends with Reese but immediately as soon as I pitched that idea to Carrie we then pitched it to the writers and then pitched it to Hulu and everybody loved it and so it was kind of it was my idea like to be able to end the show 
with that and end our character um, arc and our storyline with us going into the house. And so, like I said, I was 15 at the time. And so to be a 15 year old actress and like be able to um, come up with ideas and pitch them and for people to actually sit down and listen to me is something that's so rare. And so, I don't know, it just, they taught me so many things, but the most thing was just how to take up space and be very vocal about my opinions. That is so incredible. Yeah. But what incredible role models? Because it definitely can be hard, uh, especially as like a, a child on set to, to go in mm-hmm. and not feel. But it's 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 I think it's really beautiful that they encouraged you. And I don't know that that's that I love that so much. Yeah, absolutely. You can tell you have this incredible bond with them, you know, like with Carrie and Reese and you've created these special friendships and yeah. mentorships and all of that. Were you able to like, meet them and kind of like have some bonding time before you started filming or was it kind of like you showed up and just started filming kind of so actually I met Carrie like it was just super random I went to a live taping of a show that my friend was in it was a pilot it was actually Leslie Odom Jr's pilot and so he was playing Leslie Odom Jr yeah and Carrie was producing and so prior to like going in to the taping supporting my friend I didn't realize that Carrie was a producer attached to it And so as soon as I walked in, like, I was up in the stands and I saw Carrie just kind of like working her magic. I think maybe two weeks. It had been like two weeks of me booking it. And so I was like still reeling. And the moment I saw her, I was just like in shock. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's actually going to be playing my mom. Like it really (laughs) just like it all hit me in that moment. But it wasn't until like after the taping, she pointed me out in the audience and she told me to come down and she just like the moment that she saw me she just like addressed me as her daughter and she just wrapped me up in this warm big hug and it was just such a beautiful moment and I think that that's really when like everything sunk in that I had actually booked the role and that I was going to be playing her daughter Wow! so that moment was so special and then I actually didn't meet Reese until the table read our very first table read and then Carrie and I we sat down like a day before our first scene and we just kind of talked and uh we went through the script and she had her ideas and I had mine and we I don't know it was just like it was a collaboration process you know we both had we both came to the table with different ideas and we both heard each other out and I don't know we kind of came to this conclusion that we were going to do something really powerful and really special with the dynamic between me and Pearl since it's such a complex um, mother and daughter relationship and there are so many different layers to it. But yeah, I didn't meet them until kind of later on, right before we started filming. That must have been so surreal. Yeah. Especially because you said you grew up watching um, Scandal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was my mom's favorite show growing up. Yeah, so like every Thursday I would be tuned in with her and my dad and my Nana. Did she know that you were such a big fan of Scandal? I told her um, when we started filming, I told her like what it meant to me to be able to like be playing her daughter and how it was kind of like a full circle moment. My mom actually like, she was kind of fangirling when she first yeah. met her. Honestly, all the moms were fangirling because we all like everybody loved Reese and Gary. Right. And so like after, after like maybe our first episode, I then came out and was like, you know, I'm like a huge fan of, of your work. And, like, I feel like oh, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's so cute. Oh, yeah. my God. You were also in Lion King, not only mm-hmm. on Broadway, but also on the tour. 
which yeah. is super cool. What was that like? Can you, how old were you when you got it? Can you tell us the story of how you got it? And also like, tell us the story of, didn't you book the tour first and then you moved on to Broadway? Yeah. What, was it different in any way? Like, cause it's this, cause it's the same show. What was, what were the similarities and differences from being on tour in Lion King and also being on Broadway in Lion King? Yeah, Lion King was actually, it was one of the first Broadway shows I had ever seen. And it was also my very first audition as an actor. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I, That's yeah, um, I, yeah, I saw it with my parents back in like 2013. During intermission, I vividly remember like looking up at the stage and telling my parents that I was going to do that. Um, and they were just like, okay, sure. Like, if, okay, all right. And I was just like, I'm going to be Nala one day. So just be ready. Oh, <laughs> yeah then fast forward like maybe a year later I got my first agent um which is Nancy Carson in New York and I auditioned for it um and I actually didn't book it um I didn't book it the first time I went in and um a couple of months later I then went to an open call in Jersey and it was the last time that I was going to be able to audition for it because they originally when I when I auditioned, I was 10 years old and they said that I was too young and, you know, my voice hadn't fully developed and they said to come back, you know, maybe a year later. So then I auditioned when I was 11. It was an open call with like a thousand other kids. I honestly did not think I was going to book it yet again because of, you know, I had already auditioned before and I didn't book it. So I was just like, let me go in, see what happens. You know, if I book it, awesome. If I don't, cool. I was also auditioning for Matilda at the time. So I was like doing both. I was doing both open calls and the audition process, it like took place over the span of maybe two months, I think. And it was kind of crazy. Like my last audition for both shows, they were actually right across the street from each other. So like, I vividly remember like going to Matilda and those are like two very different shows. So I remember like going over to Matilda, doing hardcore choreo and like being out of breath, sweating and everything. And then like running across the street to Lion King and having to sing Circle oh, of Life wow. to be King. And I was actually like late for my dance auditions for Lion King. And I picked up, I think I only had, they only gave me like two minutes to figure out the choreo to just like sit and watch everybody do it. And I like just jumped in and I did the best that I could, but oh eventually God. I picked it up, which That's was really awesome. crazy. Yeah. A triple threat, a true right. triple Thank threat. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. You had yeah. to go back and forth on the yeah. same day? Yep, on the same day. I can never, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like different studios? Yeah, it was different studios, but they were like, I don't know, I was just so lucky of the fact that they were like right That's across. crazy. <laughs> yeah. I love that. What yeah. a hustle. Right. So I um I wound up kind of booking both shows and no I was given the choice. Yeah, I was given the choice to choose and I chose Lion King only because it was a show that just I was drawn to ever since I was younger. It was my dream role. So I went with Lion King. And I will never forget just that audition had so many so many stars in all honesty like the audition shahadi Wright joseph she was also at the audition oh, yeah. 
Becky Winston was at the audition around the exact same time. Like my friend Casey um, Walfall. Oh, yeah. And she was Nala with Nate McIntyre, who just uh, is in a show called David Makes Man on Own and also Caleb McLaughlin. And so like it was kind of all of us and we all bonded because Casey and I had we had done a show together previously. So all of us were like bonding during the audition process, even though they were already cast. And uh, as soon as I booked it, it was just all really surreal. I don't know. I was 11 years old in middle school in D.C. And D.C. doesn't really have too many theater programs for kids. And so everybody was just kind of like stunned and and shocked. And uh, I picked up everything. My Nana went on tour with me and um, I was on tour for about eight months. And just that process, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life. Just to be so young and to be a part of a show that um, means so much to Black culture and to be surrounded by like so many, um, not even just Black artists, but South African artists. And, to be, and right. to be able to learn about like South African culture and to be able to like learn how to speak it and learn different dance moves like that was just such a lovely experience. And I'll honestly never forget it. And then uh, after like my eight month period, then uh, I went to Broadway to cover for Shahadi because Shahadi was uh, auditioning for School of Rock at the time. And so I was on Broadway for about like, I want to say like three to four weeks. And just that experience was super cool. There's obviously a major difference between Broadway and uh, tour. I think with tour, you know, you're in somebody's city, you're learning about, you know, that city in itself. And on top of that, we would go to cities that didn't necessarily have a lot of Broadway shows coming to them. So the idea of Broadway was kind of foreign to them. And it was just like a new energy every night. And it's the same with Broadway, but with Broadway, there's like a bunch of tourists and, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, Broadway is like a major thing. Everybody's coming every night, um, coming from all different places um, to see that show. And so honestly, both energies from both different audiences were just so incredible. And I'm grateful of the fact that I got to do both and, you know, experienced both tour and Broadway. And it's just something that I'll never forget. Yeah, Yeah. that's pretty neat. I mean, to be a part of the tour and Broadway production Mm -hmm. of the same show is pretty, I mean, pretty rare and also pretty neat. Like, so sometimes, you know, you, you got to travel on tour, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to travel with your stage. Yeah. So oftentimes, like, the tour production in Broadway kind of mm-hmm. have, like, different, like, staging and blocking yeah. and stuff like that. Was there anything like that for Lion King? Yeah. So for Circle of Life, actually, like, Pride Rock on Broadway, Pride Rock comes from out of the ground. And on uh-huh. tour, Pride Rock comes from, like, I don't know, it comes from the curtains. I if I can recall, I don't know, it's been so long since I've seen the show. Um, But Uh I believe it like comes from the curtains and it kind of wraps around. So obviously, Uh that kind of affects what I do. Because during Circle of Life, I'm a baby elephant. And so I had to like watch out for certain Mm -hmm. things. And you know, make sure I didn't like bump into Pride Rock. And uh, during Broadway, it's like this giant hole in the middle of the ground. And you have to make sure that you don't fall into the hole. hole, Obviously, you're gonna hurt yourself and mess up the production. So uh, yeah, so I definitely had to learn like different blocking and uh, just make sure that I was uh, not hurting myself <laughs> with everything happening. But other than that, it wasn't, I don't know, there was nothing like too big. Now on Broadway, oftentimes, like, so f- they come from like the lobby on Broadway, right? And then they walk yeah. down the aisles. Were they yeah. able to do that in every city? Yeah, we were able to come from the oh, lobby. Wow. Well, I think just the only thing was, I think with Broadway, the audience could really kind of see more 
of just the cast members before they come in to do Circle of Life because uh-huh. of the, the way that the Minskoff is set up. But with the different theaters that we were able to have during a tour, I don't know, we were able to be like more hidden. And so it was more of a shock and surprise to the audience, especially the people that hadn't seen the production before. But like I said, I don't know, there wasn't too much of a difference between Broadway and tour, just like making sure that I had all the proper blocking and that uh, I was in the right place at the right time. Sure. Wow. Yeah, that's I mean, that's so cool. You've been in so much. You've been in Broadway. You've started in Disney, Nick, Netflix, Hulu. What do you want to do next? Okay, that's that's a pretty loaded question. Uh, (laughs) Um, For me, like I want to continue to tell stories that have an impact. I think that, you know, Little Fires Everywhere talked about something that was so timely. You know, we touched on so many different topics and issues, motherhood and what it means to be a mother. Like, are you a real mother because you birthed a child or because you raised a child or the LGBTQ community or um, abortion and a woman's right to choose? Also racism and microaggressions. And so I think that that show and everything that it stood for is kind of the type of projects that I want to continue to attach myself to. Um, a dream role of mine is to play Aaliyah. So I'm just hoping, you know, within the next few years that uh, that comes to fruition. I'm putting it out in the atmosphere that I will yes. play at the point in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm putting it out in the atmosphere. And then um, also I have my own production company. And so um, I've been working on like different projects with my production company. And the whole point behind it is to um, continue to put out um, inclusive stories that um, make sure that everybody feels represented. And it doesn't just, you know, when you see a black woman on the screen, it's not just a stereotypical role, or you see um, a Latina woman on the screen, it's not just the stereotypical roles that they're usually given or an Asian woman, just, you know, expanding the ideas of what, um, especially Pac women in this industry can do, um, and the stories that we're given. And so I want to um, just continue to make sure that I am being incredibly inclusive with my production company and that I'm creating spaces and tables for underrepresented um, storytellers. That's amazing. And you made your you made your directorial debut in a documentary called We the Voices of Gen Z. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. For those of for those who don't know, can you just explain how it came about, what it is and what it means to you? Yeah. So We the Voices of Gen Z was a concept that I came up with in 2018. It was around the exact same time that the UVA um, white supremacy march had taken place. Mm -hmm. And I'm from DC, my dad went to UVA and I had a bunch of family up in Virginia. And so not to say that I was like sheltered from the idea of ignorance and hatred, but I didn't necessarily know that it had lived so close to me. Um, And so in that moment watching the news, I was just in a sense of shock and I didn't know what to do, but I knew that I wanted to do something um, to help. So I created a safe space for a bunch of kids in the DMV area. And so DMV stands for DC, Maryland and Virginia to come down to DC and just kind of talk about what, how they were feeling. You know, Trump had recently gotten elected. There was just so many things happening in the world at that time. And, you know, everybody was feeling overwhelmed and just unsure of what to do. And so 
a bunch of kids just came in and they sat down and they were just open with how they were feeling. And um, at the end of the conversation, they were actually able to come up with sustainable solutions to help create change to the topics that we were talking about. And uh, we did film it, but we never released it. And then fast forward to quarantine just a couple of months ago, I wanted to pick it back up. As soon as um, George Floyd's murder had taken place, I was feeling the exact same feelings that I was back in 2018. And Mm. so I thought that it would be just such a timely project that I needed to pick back up. And also just yet again, feeling that space of like, where do I fit in with the Black Lives Matter movement? Or how what can I do to help, you know, create change and make sure that I'm getting my voice heard to make sure that, you know, everybody is being treated equally and that we don't have to continue to suffer these injustices. And so our first conversation was centering Black Lives Matter and just the grief that everybody was feeling and just not knowing what exactly to do. And then our second conversation was about all Black Lives Matter and the erasure of Black women and Black trans women from the conversation of equality. And then our um, third and fourth installment of We the Voices of Gen Z was actually centering um, being Black in Hollywood and what Black storytellers have to go through on a day-to-day basis. And The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, Not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. I've just been so grateful to be able to have, you know, just so many incredible people a part of the documentary. We've had like Naomi Wadler, who, you know, obviously just made such an impact when she spoke up um, at the March for Our Lives um, March back in uh, 2018, I believe it took place. We had Mari Kopney, who, you know, obviously just with everything happening in Flint at only age eight, she stood up and uh, she said what was happening in her community wasn't right. And she um, was dedicated to creating change and making an impact. And we've also been able to have, you know, Janai Future Khan, who is the founder of Black Lives Matter and Ashley Marie Preston, who is the first Black trans journalist. And then with our Being Black in Hollywood conversation, we were able to have like Storm Reid, and uh, Ryan wow. Destiny, Matthew Cherry, and um, Niles Fitch and Rome Flynn, just so many incredible visionaries. And um, just being a part of these conversations has taught me a lot about not only this movement, but what um, where everybody kind of fits in with this movement and just the kind of realizations that we've all come up with within the past months of being kind of like trapped inside with our own thoughts and seeing everything unfold with our own two eyes. And um, I don't know, I'm just really grateful that uh, it the project has like kind of come back and people have felt inspired by watching We The Voices of Gen Z. And that's just the whole point of it to help, you know, create sustainable solutions. And, um, you know, I've been get- getting like a bunch of messages and people have been like, you know, just listening and watching to watching these stories and um, watching these conversations have actually like inspired people to really 
go out there and vote in November. And so mm. to me, that just means everything that if my like just this one little vision that I had can actually inspire people to go out and create change, like at the end of the day, that's all I wanted to accomplish. And so that's that is so inspiring. You're you're doing such an incredible job, you know, um, just shining light on certain things and also making sure everyone's voices are heard. And yeah. that's truly incredible and so inspiring. Yeah, you're really inspiring just what you're doing with literally because I've seen you like and I follow you and it it, you can tell like you're you use your platform that you have for good and like you can tell it's really important for you to continue to get your voice heard and make sure others are heard as well and it's really really inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. Ever since I was little, I always said that if I was given the platform to be able to um, kind of reach out to people and people are actually like listening to me, I would always speak up about things that I was passionate about and um, somehow kind of like try and inspire or push people to create change that betters this world that we live in and but especially like is bettering this country. And so, like I said, I'm just glad that I've been able to kind of reach some people and inspire some people to go out there and create change. You're incredible. And you just wow. turned 17. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. this By the way, happy belated birthday. Yes, happy belated oh birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it was just last Friday, right? Yeah, just last Friday. Oh my gosh, so wow. exciting. At just 17, how much you've accomplished <laughs> is astronomical. It's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I mean, and then on top of this, mm-hmm. I have to talk about this as well. Like, so you want to get you know, you have to, you want to speak out and hear, allow other people's stories to be heard. You recently collaborated on Reese Witherspoon's book club. Yeah. And you you were a guest editor Mm -hmm. uh, of a book called You Should See Me in a Crown Mm -hmm. by Leah Johnson. Yeah. And I mean, first of all, what was that like? And is that something that like, you say you want to use your platform and stuff would you ever consider about like actually writing a book and compiling a bunch of stories yeah that would be actually really awesome I mean ever since I was little I've loved literature English has been like my favorite subject in school since wow started school um and so as soon as Reese reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to be the first young adult guest editor for Reese's book club without a doubt I immediately said yes and as soon as they sent over the book you know you should see me in a crown is about a young black queer girl in a very small town that's trying to figure out how to make it out. And I think, you know, that's just such a, um, I don't know, that's just such a common thing that happens. And, you know, especially like going to predominantly white schools and feeling like you don't necessarily fit in and just wanting to go out there and chase your dreams and uh, make a name for yourself is just something that I can identify with growing up. I went to a predominantly white school and I knew that I wanted more than, you know, just the things that, um, DC had to offer for me because like I said growing up there weren't a lot of outlets or programs for uh, kids to be able to I don't know kind of get involved with theater and dance and singing and acting and so I wanted to set out and create a name for myself and chase my dreams at a young age and so I was immediately drawn to the book and um, like I said, I love literature when I'm older. I don't think right now is the proper time to write a book. I think probably when I'm like 40 or 50 and I have, you know, more wisdom and I've gone through more things and I've uh, learned more life lessons and probably I would definitely probably write a book to help um, yet sure. again inspire people, inspire especially, you know, just like young artists that are trying to um, accomplish their dreams and chase their dreams. But yeah, no, I was super grateful to have been a 
been a part of Reese's book club and to um, have been the first young adult guest editor. Yeah. Definitely. That's awesome. And to be a part of that book as well, like let alone Reese Witherspoon's book club, Um, you know, like that book is obviously very important and it deals with and talks about important topics. So I'm glad like you can tell it's just, again, you're passionate Mm -hmm. of what your passion is and how you really are dedicated to it and it's really awesome to see yeah thank you so much yeah (laughs) should we play a game yeah let's play a game let's do it okay so now we're gonna play a game it's Mm -hmm. called two truths and one lie okay i'm sure you played it before but for those who don't know it's each of us have three statements two of them are true statements one of them is a lie however none of us know which one is the true statement or which one is the lie so for example let's say eli says his three statements Mm -hmm. he'll say three statements two of them are true one of them's a lie lexi and i don't know which one is the lie but our objective is to try and guess which one is the lie so eli's going to say his three statements i'm going to set a timer for one minute and lexi and i have one minute to interrogate him and try and figure out what wait i'm is. first <laughs> Did, no i just used it as, as an oh, example oh, okay <laughs> don't worry okay. don't worry <laughs> okay, you say whoa pressure's on <laughs> i always get so nervous playing this game ladies first ladies first okay first? who wants to go you want to go first i can i can go first let's see michelle obama came to my school and uh read me a book when i was younger my grandfather is a professional golfer and was Tiger Woods' first golf coach. Um, and I want to be president when I grow up. Oh my god! Oh. No way! I feel like this could all be. I don't like these men. Okay, okay. okay, let me set a timer. Let me set a timer. Wow! Okay. This is- wow, that's a good one. I don't even know where to begin. Okay, ready? <laughs> Three, two, one. Timer start. What book did she read to you? Do you remember? And what grade were you in? I don't remember the book, but I remember being in second grade. Okay, and she just, like, came to your school? (laughs) Well, I mean, it makes sense. You lived in D.C. area, right? Oh, okay. Okay, okay. And this was when President Obama was president? Yes. Okay. Um, And then uh, your grandfather is a professional golfer. Is this, like, uh, how long has he been golfing? Like, when did he become, like, Tiger Woods? How long has he known Tiger Woods? Um, he is a professional golfer. He's been one since he was um, 35. He has blazed many trails. He was the first black golfer to ever win uh, the PGA, I believe. And uh, he used to tour when my mother um, was a kid. And so he uh, brought the whole family along and, and became a professional golfer and then eventually met Tiger Woods and believed in him and started coaching him. Oh, no, our time's up. Oh, oh my no. God. This is so hard. Oh, okay. Wait. <laughs> You're a very good liar. Thank you. You're That's welcome. <laughs> Considering you are an actor, I mean, um, it makes sense. But wow, I'm Eli, so competitive can, and I'm very frustrated right now. You can put in your first. You can put in the guess, Eli. What? What do you? Which one do you think is a lie? Oh my God, I I don't even know. Um, where to begin? Uh, Michelle Obama coming in to read you a book. I mean, that sounds pretty, that sounds like something she, she would do. She's a pretty mm-hmm. cool girl. Yeah. And you live in the DC area, like makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I, I, we didn't get to ask you about. I know we didn't. 
but they're not about, like because the president. Of, okay. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> that it would. I mean, that's up her alley, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. I mean, and I mean, like she wouldn't want to be, <laughs> become the president. Um. Okay. Oh God. Um. I'm gonna say the lie is that your father is a professional golfer and coach Tiger Woods. Sydney, your guess. It's so hard because I can see all of these being true. I know, right? I, I feel like okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go. <laughs> this was incredible. I genuinely don't know. I'm gonna go with the last one. I'm gonna go with you. Don't want to be the president because I feel like you like are you want to be a director you want to be like I feel like you're so good at like telling stories and I also think the presidency is like a thankless job um so I think I'm gonna go with that one okay okay should I should I say yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, okay Right, so you're right. I don't want to be president. No way. Yeah. Oh my god. I can see yeah. you being president though. I would 110 vote for you. I feel like I would just that seems like a really stressful job and I uh don't want any part in politics, but I will uh yeah. make sure I will, you know, with what I'm doing right now, I will uh speak up about things that I'm passionate about that I I want I will no part in politics. Sure. I will say if you ever decided to become president, you I would have my you. vote. Oh my gosh. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. Good to know. That was an incredible round. Wow. That was so good. I, was I bought so it from the minute it came out of your mouth. Thanks. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> That's uh, unreal. Okay. <laughs> I knew this. Okay. <laughs> when I was little, I fell on a kid's necklace with a pointed bead in the middle and it harpooned my forehead. When I was little, I hit my head on the edge of a coffee table trying to balance on a suitcase that tripped over that tipped over with me on it when i was little i hit my head running up a slide playing tag with my friends and i slipped and split the outside of my eyebrow okay all i gotta say is you're a mess oh my gosh yeah (laughs) i mean a lot about me (laughs) Um, okay there you go started can i see your forehead (laughs) there's the eyebrow scar you can see it right there um, um i also have like a scar up here and then what happened when you you were like on a suitcase and then, i was like, tipped over yeah How's i was work? apparently balancing on a suitcase and like that was right next to a coffee table mm-hmm. and i don't remember it happening i've only been told this story um, the reason I don't remember it happening is probably because I hit my head so much when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just tipped over with me on it because I was just trying to balance on it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I don't know if I'm I had to have been three. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I mean, my, my prime stages for this was like two, three, four, five, like that time. Frame. Okay. So that all, okay. How do you remember it at two to three? I don't. I don't. I've only been told. Mm. I mean, the only one I remember of these was the slide one because it was in the PPAS slide, except I was in Midtown West. And, and this harpoon thing, it did it. Yeah. You, you don't remember that either? No. I mean, first of all, I was a child. 
Second of all, I hit my head so many times. You're right. So I lost all memory. Okay, time's up, by the way. It's funny. We actually actually went to the same school, and it seemed Uh like, no joke, like she was in Fun Home when she would go to the school. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the days that she actually, like, came to school, Mm -hmm. uh, no, like, (laughs) No offense. I wasn't in PPA. Uh, I wasn't in PPA. I wasn't in PPAS when I slipped on the slide. I was in Midtown West. Because I was gonna ask when I oh, immediately. Uh, but when I, I think I, of slide and park. I immediately think of Broadway Park. Yeah. Oh my god. That's I, so I kind of believe that. Yeah. No, but literally, no, no, when no, she what used to go to my early, school mm-hmm. when we used to go to the same school yeah. and we played like at like in the courtyard at recess for mm-hmm. recess, she would always like be the one that got hurt for some reason. Okay. Like, somehow the ball would always come to her and smack her or something like that. I felt so bad. Literally. Uh, Multiple times was my fault. I have a deviated septum because of soccer. Yikes. I know. It makes my nose point to the right. Okay. Oh, gosh. So all I've learned today is that I have two really good liars in front of me. And (laughs) now I don't know whether to trust them or not. (laughs) You know? Uh, (laughs) Do you want to? Go you want me to say okay? I guess yeah. I, I can guess first. This whole um, harpoon to the forehead, I I, I kind of buy it. Not gonna lie, it was very detailed necklace, but that could also be the that could also be like the the catch of it. I'm gonna have to say you falling over on the suitcase was okay. the lie. I don't know. I'm just kind of feeling it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know because the necklace thing, like the necklace incident seems incredibly dangerous. Um, Like if that actually went into your head like that, that sounds painful. Oh my God. I'm going to also have to go with Eli. I think that the suitcase incident is a lie. Okay. Want me to tell you? Uh That actually happened. What the lie was, was I kept on the slide. That happened Did to you my go what? to Mid- Midtown West? Yes, I went to Midtown West, but that actually happened to my brother. My brother Brock. I got this story from my brother Brock. He was playing tag with his friends and I actually altered it a little bit, but he like banged his head on the top of the, that same exact slide and he had to get like staples and stuff. But the other two were true. I harpooned my forehead with a very poorly made child's necklace. Um, yeah, I bought that one. Pointed yeah. bead in the middle and I was it was specifically my brother's Hot Wheel cars suitcase that he kept all of his like cars in and I was trying to balance on it and I literally just dipped over and just smacked my head on the edge of the coffee table. Oh wow. That that's very Wow. Well I hope that your brother's eyebrow is okay. (laughs) Oh I actually do have a scar here. I don't remember yeah, that's what. That's kind of why I thought that that was true because of the scar. But I don't it even know what brother. it. I completely yeah. forgot where it came from. Interesting. I just fell so much as a as a child. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It really does explain a lot. Um, okay, Eli, your turn. Okay, okay. I'm just going through things right now, okay. just to make sure I'm straight. My whole family attended my first ever audition with me uh the first show i ever did professional or not uh was in west virginia where i'm from and i've done more theater than tv and film interesting it's 555 by the way oh my god sydney loves that me too i'm obsessed with angel numbers it's incredible yeah, it's 
a high five. Oh, no, I also read that you were obsessed with crystals too. Is that true? Yeah, I love crystals. I have a whole bag of crystals right here. Oh my god, we gotta go. <laughs> like lined up right by the edge of my bed. That's I'm so obsessed. awesome. Okay, awesome. we got. Okay, I'll set the timer. Okay. Um, okay, one minute starting now. All right. Um, okay. So, what was the first audition that your entire family attended? It was my first professional audition, which was Mary Poppins, the tour of Mary Poppins. Okay. Okay. Uh, and yeah, go ahead. What was the show in West Virginia? It was a musical Christmas Carol. Oh, okay. That's actually, actually that was my first show as well. Really? I think we yeah. talked about this. I think yeah. We really- yeah, because then like Mr. Magoo came and it was like kind of exactly. like yeah. Not. yeah. <laughs> oh my what was the third one? What was yeah? What was uh, the third one? It was that I have done more theater than TV and film. What shows have you been in? What Broadway shows have you been in? So I've done a Christmas Story, Mary, uh, no Mary Poppins tour uh, and a Christmas Story tour, Pippin and Finding Neverland. Is, are you also counting, like, off-Broadway, like, Mr. Magoo? No, I was just saying, like, yeah, theater in general to, like, TV and film. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Eli, this is a really good one. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Lexi, do you have a guess? I think I have a guess. Okay, what's your um, guess? I don't think that your whole family showed up for your Mary Poppins. Um, audition. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Let's see what Sydney I mean... thinks. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, I feel like you've been in more TV than you have film. Like, oh, <laughs> Broadway. <laughs> Words. I mean. um, <laughs> like, you, by that, you, you mean, like, even just like guest stars right no like i literally mean like all theater in general and all including readings yeah and no 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 not including readings we don't have to include readings um all theater in general of like professional not and then like all um tv and film so like or like tv shows and movies that's hard oof i'm shocked you don't know this Okay, and then the other one was like, <laughs> was in West, Christmas Carol was in West Virginia. Yeah, was it actually in West Virginia? Yeah, it's so funny because Sydney's such a dis- indecisive person. Mm-hmm. So playing these uh, games with her is always just cracks me up. Yeah, but you guys are like giving really good um, options. Like this is actually really. I know good. it's no. Okay, okay, wait. What was the first one again? Oh my goodness. Um, seeing my whole family came to my audition for Mary Poppins. And uh, I've done more theater in general than TV and film in general. And my first show was in West Virginia. God, if the if the first show in West Virginia is wrong, I'm going to be such a horrible friend. Is that your answer? <laughs> okay, this I'm woman. Gonna, I'm just um, 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 this was really good. This was really good. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick. Um, wait, what was the first one? Again? Oh, oh no, my god! I'm, sorry. I'm like totally stressing myself out. Um, I'm just, you know what? Like, I'll just, I'll just. Are you counting Greatest Showman as like? No, no, no that was a reading. I'm just gonna go with the last one. I'm just gonna say you've done more television than you've done. Wait, wasn't that your answer too, Lexi? No, my answer was. Oh, that. Oh my pit. Okay. Yeah. 
So neither of you were right. It was the oh, and my first show friend. that I ever did was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But I am oh, from West Virginia. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Got so, it. Yeah, it, that was it, that was like the trick. Um, nice. But yeah, all the theater. I've never done theater in West Virginia. They they don't really do theater there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That was really good. Thank you. I thank you. Yeah. Heard this before. I feel like such a horrible friend. I'm sorry, Eli. It's okay. I feel like I, I'm, I'm glad you didn't say my family one for Mary Poppins coming into my audition because I feel like I've definitely told you that. You haven't you told me that, but I can I imagine. Okay. It's something my family would do. Uh, we we had no clue. We were like all came from West Virginia, hopped in the car, this like big car, it was like seven of us, and just like all came into the audition and it was like an open call basically. Oh and God, it like that. you know, you already have limited spaces is and you're only supposed to have like one or two people with you and I, I just that. brought my whole family in because we had no clue. Uh yeah, it was just too yeah. funny. <laughs> uh, Including your grandparents? Yep, my grandpa was there, not my grandma. Uh, I love that. I know, right? It was so silly. And it was so funny because literally we were at the audition and like I I ended up booking it. And when I got to the, when I, it was like my first day of rehearsal and stuff, um, all the other kids were from New York and they were like, you know, I have to tell you, like we were at the audition and we were kind of like, who's this kid think he is just like coming from nowhere and bringing a whole family into a open call room. And we were like, we don't even know what that means. Like, what? <laughs> like, like, I don't know what to tell you here. And they were like, yeah, it was just like, so not what you do and stuff. And I was like, yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, I had no clue. <laughs> I felt so bad. And like, I was like, so embarrassed. But I was like, oh, well, it, it, it happened. You I know? find like, that yeah. so endearing. Oh, that's, that's, so, that's adorable, though. I mean, my mom, my dad, and my grandma all came with me to my open call. Audition. Yeah. So I had my family with me. Oh, my God. Gotta have that support. Yeah. Super supportive. I yeah, love that's that. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, luckily, I had both of my brothers were in the business as well. So, like, my mm-hmm. parents were kind of like split up between like us, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, parents are awesome, by the way. They're so yeah. supportive. Yeah. My parents are so great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lexi, yeah, for coming on. Yeah, this has on. been awesome. Thank you so much. This has and been- tell your mom I say hi. Thank you. Yeah, thank you as well. And tell your hope parents your say hi family- as well. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I hope your family's well and staying safe yeah. and sane during these crazy times. Yeah. Um, yeah, but thank you so much for your time and thank willingness you. to do this. We've had so much fun. You're a really good liar, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that was incredible. Thank yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Take a bow, Lexi Underwood. Woo-woo. I mean, come on. That was, that was awesome. We, we had a great time talking to her and, uh, it was cool just to hear her perspective. And also it was really cool to see, talk, to hear her perspective on how she wants to highlight black voices more and, have a more impactful role for black voices in the industry. Yeah. And it, it was truly amazing to to hear all that she's accomplished and she's so inspiring and she's such an incredible role model as well for, for other young people who, you know, are trying to figure out how to make a difference in the world. 
So another thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, also, let's talk about that two truths and a lie really quickly. Oh my gosh, that was incredible. So I don't know about you guys listening to these games that we by the, play. By the way, I was so mad at myself for not getting that. I was so, like getting yours. It's okay. I, I swear I knew it in like the back of my mind. I could have sworn you knew it. Like I was like 10, like 110% positive you were going to get it. But I can't believe I didn't because then after I was like, Sydney, what were you thinking? It's all good. It's all good. No hard feelings. It's okay. You're not the worst best friend or anything. I know. I feel like such a horrible friend. I should have known that. Yeah, I mean, well, you're the worst, so... I know, now I know, though, now I know. I'll never forget it ever again. You did Christmas Carol in Pittsburgh, not West Virginia. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. So. <laughs> um, but I don't know for, about you guys that are listening to this, but these games that we play, we have so much fun doing them. So I, much I, fun. And I hope you guys are enjoying them, too, because, I mean, we're playing around with, like, just some fun things that we can do, so... Two truths and a lie seem to be a fun one for us oh, and our guests. Also, so. if you have any suggestions for games we can play on a podcast, because that is a, for me at least, it's a hard thing to come up with. Um, obviously, like if it were an on-camera interview, we could have a whole range of games. Yeah. Play, but this is a podcast. We only have audio here. So if you have any suggestions, please go to our Instagram and like, or email us and, yeah. and I don't know, just tell us or DM us or whatever. Yeah, even comment on a post, like yeah, comment, comment DM, post, yeah. whatever you need. Um, just there's plenty of ways nowadays with social media to get in touch with us. Yeah. Um, haha. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you saw this, Sid, but just this past week, um, well, this week, mm -hmm. they had a special memoriam for Nick Cordero. Oh. And I, 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 I saw. I, wasn't aware I, of that. I was unable to uh, catch all of it. It it was like an hour long special on Broadway on Demand, and I believe it's still on there for anyone that wants to go check that out. But it was truly. I I saw tons and tons and tons of videos because I didn't get to see it in time, but I got to basically see all of it out of order on like YouTube and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they did this beautiful tribute. And no joke, it was probably about 70 people um, wow. singing this one of the great one song from Bronx Tale. And wow. it was just so incredibly inspiring, just the words in the song. And also, there was like this one part where they incorporated his song, Live Your Life. And you, I just like immediately like lost it and got chills all the way down my body. Um, it was really, it was really something special. And actually, some of those people we've actually had on the podcast. So, whoever wants to go check that out, go for it. Wait, and where can we see this? It's on YouTube. You can oh, go check it out on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, and wow. I believe if you want to see the whole thing, it's still on Broadway on Demand for free. But wow. I, I have to double check that though. So. I'll, I'll get back to that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you for telling me because I, I definitely want to watch that. that yeah, and, and for those listeners who didn't because i know we talk about we've talked about nick and his journey and um, his wife amanda and his little boy elvis we've talked about them so i just wanted to give an update on that and if you're interested in watching that please go check it out because i promise it's worth the three minutes yeah and another thing the world lost a hero recently um and we you know it's it definitely impacted like the entire world chadwick boseman the black panther passed away he changed the world yeah and his legacy is gonna live on for literally forever um and i think and i think you know the magnitude of his impact will be seen for years and years and years to come and i think it's it's greater than maybe we realize we just want to do a not acknowledge and send our love to him and his family. And we just wanted to say rest in peace. I mean, he he'll never be forgotten ever. It's hard to even still to wrap my head around this. Um, yeah, but no, in, in all honesty, like he was in hero, a hero in every meaning of hero. Like, yeah, not only did he play a hero on TV, but he also played, a hero in life and for a lot of people he was an extremely good man and did a lot for his community and everyone's community to be honest with you it's hard to put into words how like to feel exactly but honestly black panther revolutionized like entertainment like in movies especially for black voices um yeah so he's his legacy will forever live on and yeah like you said, rest in peace and rest in power, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, and and one more thing, um, it, you know, obviously a quote uh, from back Black Panther has been going around. It says, "In my culture, death is not the end; it's more of a stepping off point." Um, and I think that is such. I don't know. I mean, that's from back Black Panther, and I, I think that's such an interesting perspective. And I also think that death is most definitely not the end. And like I said, his legacy lives far beyond, um, like any of us. Definitely, you're. It's 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 quite incredible how. You know, we've seen this trend of people lately who we've unfortunately lost, like Kobe and you know like 
it, it's incredible it's really how many really hard yeah how many people we I mean, lost this year but no but like so but like you're saying like all of these people whose legacies are gonna live on and yeah. it's interesting how like nick cordero he came out with a song live your life and yeah. th- and a year or two later this happened to him and just like chadwick boseman this quote i mean it's incredible how these it it makes the movie and it makes the quote even that much more powerful yeah i actually i actually went back and watched black panther um my brother suggested it and it's incredible if you watch that movie now it's so much more powerful yeah my mom and i did as well it was it was yeah. Like certain lines and certain just things that they said and certain everything just like hit us like you know yeah. harder than it than it did the first time we watched it. But anyway, we just we just wanted to send our condolences and um 2020 has been quite a year. It's been full of loss and it can be very confusing and very hard to, and not just loss of like lives, but also loss of community because i mean well not tech not technically loss of community because like eli and i have like had this podcast we have a community in this but like for example broadway broadway is still down there's mm-hmm. a loss of that there's a loss of normalcy if that makes sense and it i don't know it's just it's just interesting to to navigate that and and truly wrap your head around this year but i think if if you know for example, Chadwick or or Nick Cordero or Kobe, if any, if they taught us anything, it's to live your life and and live it to the fullest and and live it guided and surrounded by love, um, and happiness and, and happiness and without fear because you know tomorrow is not promised. So, right. so you know, I as as hard as it is, as hard as 2020 is, I'm I feel inspired to just just live my life as as Nick Cordero's song says yeah I mean it's so true 2020 has been extremely difficult and some days are better than others but in a way like we've needed 2020 like we yeah, needed so. it's put it's put this all into reality it's put it into perspective just even oh with God, covid put it into perspective it's put just it's with covid like you you don't know like what's gonna happen and then you see like kobe and you see chadwick and you see nick and you see all of these people and it, it's just so hard and but in a way it's been a good reminder of just listen now you're that covid's happening you've given an opportunity to be with your family or be whoever you're with, take advantage of that, you know, like love the remind people that you love them, tell your loved ones, they love them, squeeze them, hug them, like anything, just, just, you got to keep living life into your fullest. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of ups and downs, but you have to focus on the positives and you have to stay positive. It's really, really ironic that I, and I just realized this, that this year is called 2020 yeah because it's putting it's putting things into perspective and when you think of 2020 you think of 2020 vision vision yeah and it's just changing everyone's perspective on life yeah um and how it's it's precious you know what i mean yeah um that's so interesting sorry i 
I'm sure people have already like put two and two together, but it's just so interesting how it's changing our perspective and this year's called 2020. If you haven't seen it yet, please, please, please go watch Little Fires Everywhere. It's truly fantastic. You can watch it on Hulu. Um, and also go watch Lexi's, um, I think it's on YouTube, uh, Lexi's We the Voices of Gen Z series. Um, because it it is just filled with a bunch of different perspectives. And I think it's very informative and very insightful. And I think it's very important for for you to watch. So, yeah, the other thing, too, like, so these this We the Voices of Gen Z, as well as Little Fires Everywhere, these two projects that Lexi has done recently, um, not only are they extremely, extremely entertaining, and like Little Fires Everywhere is like one of the hottest shows right now yeah. on Hulu. Um, but on top of that, these stories have to be heard. Every yeah. single one of them. The Little Fires Everywhere deals with literally 10 million like topics that are, are kind of hard to talk about. And yeah, often- I mean, like Lexi said, it, it deals with like what what does being a mother mean it, it deals with um you know uh, one's racism, sexuality growing up it yeah it deals with racism yeah. and microaggressions and you know even if they're not like overt there is still like they just ex- expose just um the depth at which you know racism and microaggressions and even even um, homophobia can like lurk beneath the surface, even yeah. even if just glancing at you can't see it. But yeah, we highly recommend that. So please yeah. go check that out. Um, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we had a fun time. We played a game, and um, we have some very fun episodes coming next week as well. So yeah, we're so excited good. to release those, guys. Okay. So other thing, Dearvin Hansen. For those of you, myself included, I'm a fanson. Um, David Hansen is coming to the screen, and Ben Platt's going to be in it, and Ava Adams going to be yeah. in it, and the, the full cast is announced. So, guys, I, I I don't know about you, but I'm extremely excited about this, so excited, and yeah. I'm very interested to see one how all of this is going to work on a movie and all of that, but also two, they're saying that they're expanding on some of the characters and they're also adding another character. No so way. They're going to expand on like Jared and Alana's character, oh. but they're also going to add one more character. So I'm very Ooh. excited to see how this is going to go. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately they've held us in suspense and we have to wait Probably like a year or two. Um, So that's never fun. But regardless, I'm super excited. Yeah, that's going to be legendary. Yeah, seriously. Um, Sid, we're going to watch that together. Oh, oh, of course. Yeah, we're going to go to the movies. Let's do it. And yeah, we're going to have a big party. When it's safe. And then we're going to review it on. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, oh, yeah. And then Uh, you're right because we'll have a podcast. podcast. You're right. (laughs) Woot, woot. Okay, well, I look forward to that for many reasons. One of them being the world will be back to normal. Woot woot. <laughs> yes. Well, you look forward to that, and I, well, we both will look forward to seeing you all next week at, yeah. 
for our next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. We love you. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs> Sick beat, am I right? Special shout out to Nikki Torsha and Cormac Colonon for our amazing intro and outro music. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Take a Bow. We hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us from. And tune in next week for another episode. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. To learn more about this podcast, visit bpn.fm forward slash take a bow and follow us on Instagram at take a bow podcast, where you can contact us with any feedback, suggestions, or questions and keep up with all things take a bow. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.